Hello, welcome to the Mamas Know Best, We Got Something to Say podcast. This is a safe space where mamas can talk openly about their highs and lows of motherhood and to look deeper into who they are as women and their journey into motherhood. We may agree and disagree or cry and laugh, but one thing for sure is we will learn from one another and have a great time. So sit back and enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Mamas Know Best. We got something to say podcast. I have a very special guest, Miss Kaya Stewart of Manaya Cosmetics. Kaya, welcome. How are you? I'm good. Hi. <laughs> All the way from the UK. Why don't we go into your motherhood journey first? You do have a daughter, correct? Yeah. One okay. Daughter. Why don't you tell me how old she is, where you ladies are from, and then we'll go into your cosmetics line. Great. Thanks for having us on as well. So. Maya is my daughter. She's just turned 14. I had her very young. I had her at 16, just about to turn 17 when I had her. And she has every, she's been a big inspiration for pretty much everything that I do, both in as a mother, as well as my business. Tell me, you know, because now you're grown, right? You're, you're a grown woman. And I always find it fascinating because I had my son earlier in my life. You know, I was in my 30s. Mm-hmm. And he's a baby. He's only three. So tell me, because I know I've seen some posts on your Instagram. What have you what have you seen as some changes in parenting from, gosh, what was that? Early 2000-ish? 2006. 2006. 2006. Okay. Yeah. To 2020 now, 2021. What have you seen? Because I, you, I consider you like the OG parent, you know, like, you, you know, you because she's in the teenage years, you know. What have you seen change, you know, from then into now, and since you guys did, you know, since you ladies did kind of grow grow together. Yeah, we definitely did grow together. I think one of the biggest changes is obviously social media. Um, I always laugh, but also cry a bit that I've not got as many photos of and videos. Because when I had her in 2000, I think I had a Blackberry. That was the race there. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely the transform of technology. Yeah. It's shaped, obviously, how I interact with her, but also the worries of her now being a teenager and growing up in that world. That's probably, you know, one of the big, big things that we go through, kind of mother and daughter. Does she have a cell phone? She has a mobile, but she has no social media. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I've made the decision to strip her of it. She's very much involved in the business, my our business social media. So mm-hmm. I kind of, I wanted to understand how it works and be a part of it, but not feel the pressure of wanting to look a certain way or having that on her head. That's kind of mm-hmm. what I'm trying to get. You're trying to hold on to it as long as you can. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Do you kind of have an age you know, in your mind? Has she pressed a little bit? Because how is that with friends? I find that so fascinating because that's got to be pressure on you, right? Because you want her to be happy with her friends and and kind of see with what the the crowd is doing, but that's what's going on. So do you have an age in, in mind of when you'll do it? Not so much an age, but I kind of want to transfer the business side of social media over to her and like kind of get her to navigate her way through that way but luckily she is very understanding she's very wise for her age and a lot of her friends she can see for herself that they you know they're, they're conscious of how they look they're trying to keep up with the latest and she can kind of understand why 
I don't want her in that. So I've got that in my favor for now. Yeah, no, and I think it's important. I, I'm sure maybe in her mind and, and seeing, maybe she can see some of the anxiety that her girlfriends are having mm -hmm. that maybe they can't recognize as anxiety, but I can only imagine being a young woman in this day and age, because I mean, I think for our age group, it still can be where we might second guess and compare whatever it is, but for the young generation, it is so <laughs> scary. Um, yes. But that's good that you have that. And, and I think the fact that you continue to have it, I know we've spoken about this on through DM is the open communication with, with our children, I think is, is kind of key to it all. Yeah, definitely. With me having it so young, I think it was almost a necessity for me to be very open with her from the beginning as to the, the realities of life. And a lot of them she's going to have to go through herself. And I think that's something I'm also going through at the minute, the balance between wanting to guide and protect her, but also knowing she has to make her own choices, wrong mistakes as well as right ones. So, yeah. Yeah, to me, I think that's the, the most heartbreaking yet wonderful side of parenthood is that, you know, we help raise these children into being hopefully resilient, kind, you know, adults, <laughs> but at the same time being heartbroken when they get hurt and knowing that they're going to have moments of adversity and, and there's only so much yeah. we can do that that gives me like, oh, that's the scary part. So where are you? Where are you ladies? Well, where are you originally from? I know you said from the UK, but what's your background? Any Caribbean? Any yeah. So my dad's Jamaican. His dad was born in Cuba and his mum Jamaican. My mum is pretty much a bit of a mix. My mum's mum was born in India. Wow. And her dad is white, but also a bit of Dutch Portuguese going in there. So there's a lot. There's a bit of a mix. Nice. Um, just to make it easier for people when they ask, I usually just say I'm mixed because without going into all of the... <laughs> <laughs> into everything yeah. you know that's awesome it's funny you said Cuba because my my husband's grandmother is from Jamaica but she was born in Panama ah right okay and then from Panama they went to I believe I'm saying Cartier, then to Jamaica and then I mean his grandfather was I believe born in Jamaica but his grandma came from Panama to Jamaica and then his father's side his father was born in Guyana, but then they went to Antigua and they were pretty much lived in Antigua for I think up until his grandmother passed away for many, many years. And now his aunt is in Trinidad. So I love the nomad fluidity of kind of just going. I think that's awesome. Yeah, it's crazy. My Both parents were born here in the UK. Um, they've had me. I'm one of seven in the middle. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. So a bit of a tr transition from coming from such a big family to just me and Maya. But yeah. I'm sure. Are you planning to you? I mean, I know people usually don't ask, but are you planning to have any more children? Do you see? Definitely. Okay. Definitely. I love more children. I do. I love children. And I'm a very firm believer of everything in its right time. So tell me before you got into um, Manaya Cosmetics, and I know we're going to talk about that. What, what did you do before? <laughs> what was your background? And then how did you pivot into wanting to create this company and this brand? Okay, so I started with, you know, I, I left school, I went into college, I did health and social care. Kind of from a very early age, I knew I wanted to work with people, but I've been through a variety of positions that have resulted in me working with different groups of people. So I started in sales and marketing. And mm -hmm. um, that was one of the first industries I got into. Then I 
got to about 19, 20 and decided I wanted to go to university. So I went to uni and studied criminology after four years of completing that degree, then left and was initially going to get into probation, which is working with youth, um, like youth crime. But as you'll probably know, most people who get their degrees don't actually fall into the position that they want to. So I ended up working in a primary school doing one-to-one TA work, teaching assistant work mm-hmm. with children from the ages of like four, four, five up until nine, ten. So that's like we, we are primary school here. So I think you guys do great. You do grades over there, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we have elementary school and then like first to fifth grade is elementary. Six to eighth is middle school. So, yeah, it's a little different. Yeah. So I worked in schools. I loved it. I really loved working with, with children. But I kind of got to the point where I realized I've got, you know, I've, I've accumulated these skills through life. It was, I, I weren't, I didn't feel like I was ever going to receive the financial for the work that I was doing. Teachers mm-hmm. are massively underpaid here. Um, oh, just like the United States then, so nothing's yeah. new. Mm-hmm. So it was just that want for financial freedom as well as more time freedom as well. Yeah. Um, there's nothing worse than slaving away, you know, 40, 50 hours a week to receive minimum pay just enough to pay your bills and you're also sacrificing time with your with your child it's like something's got to change so yeah I just took the plunge last year this time last year actually I quit my job and decided that I was going to start Manaya Cosmetics and how and tell me how like what was the inspiration because of course you know you could sit there and be like okay this is this is not working for me I'm not fulfilled like you said you're putting in the work and you're the you know the gerbil I always say like the little gerbil on the wheel which is what we are we're on this rat race yep. the mom guilds you're not spending time with your daughter you're looking at your paycheck but I know you know not everyone just says you know I want to start a cosmetics company so what was it that made you say okay this is the direction I want to go did you do research all of that like no, how did that work? funnily enough for the the two years before I made that choice I was making my own products anyway so I was making our own hair products and skin products for me and Maya purely out of you know she started to develop asthma and eczema which are part of the same family Mm -hmm. at the same time so I you know was looking at products on the shelves I was trying to get a hold of this eczema that she was dealing with and there was just so much confusion around it I was looking at ingredients just seeing words that I don't understand what it is I don't know what's putting into her so I just made the choice to you know start making my own products I am they were obviously working Uh, our eczema is completely gone now it was kind of the shift of, it was something I was already doing. So once I decided I wanted to work for myself, it was just kind of looking inwardsly like, okay, what skills do I have? What can I actually do that, Mm -hmm. number one, I'm going to be passionate about. Mm -hmm. Number two, I can help others. And three, something that I can generate an income from. And them three points, I kind of brainstormed and then it just clicked like, ah, you know, I can do this. I can do this. Yeah. Nice. Now what I found so fascinating, one of my good friends actually follows you on Instagram. Do you know Carla? I know who you mean. Yeah. Carla, Carla Gabriella. Yeah. She's lovely. Yeah. Actually, no, no, not Carla Gabriella. Carla Lorenzo, Lorenzo. 
yeah, I don't, I've not had a chance to connect with her one to Okay, one, but, but she mean, followed yeah. you on Instagram and I don't know, and this was last year during coronavirus mm -hmm. quarantine and then we connected on Instagram. But what I thought was so awesome, what you did is you started this brand on Instagram of a launch coming. So you hadn't even had your company yet, but you're yeah. building your platform, which I thought was so amazing. <laughs> So what was it that you felt like, this is the direction I want to go? Did you feel like, okay, look, I need, I have this idea. Let me put it out and start gaining my followers and, and saying this is to come. Tell me about that because you're not a marketing person. You're not a branding person. So, you know, cause I thought that was so smart. I thought you had built it. And then when you came with the launch, then I jumped in and I was like, oh, I want to, you know, I had been following you and I had seen and I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. I need to get it. So what was that plan like? I think I just you know, looked inwardly. I am always, I look at myself, I'm a customer first. You know, I buy products, mm -hmm. I'm a mother. And when you're buying anything, you want to know, first of all, that the products are great, but also, especially with, you know, the, the more conscious people are becoming aware of, you want to buy into conscious brands that are, you know, that they have a message. They're not just trying to sell you something. So that was a key point. I didn't know whether it was going to work. I didn't know whether anyone was going to buy the products, but I just knew that the products I had were amazing and I knew that they worked for me and Maya. So I think from then it was just about trying to build genuine connections with people. Like I say, I've always, I like, I'm a people person. I do like to connect with people and, you know, hear people's stories. So I've just tried to keep it as organic as possible from that perspective. And yeah, it's worked. I've met some amazing people such as yourself who, you know, they've all, everyone's got their own story and it's inspiring me to kind of keep going with my story and share parts of mine as well. Yeah. So yeah. I, and I think that's beautiful that you said that because I, I agree. And that's how kind of when I started with Mamas Know Best, I felt I was a little lost. And again, with the comparison, because I'm like, I don't really have, because I had this idea, right? It all starts from an idea and I kind of jumped forward with it. But I knew I always want to kind of be organic and true to myself. I've tried to do other things that other mom bloggers I, I followed and it just didn't feel authentic. It didn't work. I'm like, I need to be true to myself because then that's how people are going to resonate with me. And I think that's awesome that you said that because I, like I resonated with you. I saw you were putting knowledge out there, information. It's obviously something that you enjoy doing, that you're passionate about. And I think the other key is the conscious awareness. I think in this day and age, that's very important for consumers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, definitely. to have that. Now, when you were trying out your research and development, your R&D, I know they worked for you and your daughter, but did you try it out with friends, with family? Were they like, oh, this is awesome. Like, how did that process work? Usually that is how probably the books tell you to do it, but I didn't simply because I knew that friends and family were going to tell me that they were amazing, whether they were or whether they weren't. And I didn't want that. I wanted a stranger so it's funny you mentioned Carla and we got it mixed up because it was actually Carla Gabriella that mm. was one of the first people that I connected with complete stranger she's from te Texas El Paso and she I formed a really you know a nice social media friendship with her online and I sent her um, a sample and she got back to me and was like you know I really love it was the rose hip clear face serum she was like I really love that and that was how I first got the products out there. I did a giveaway a few days before launch. 
strangers took it I got such amazing feedback from it and that was enough just to kind of let me know okay yeah if one stranger can tell me this is a great product I like what you're doing you know it's just propelling that self-belief to be like yeah I, I can do this. I love that. I love that you really believe in yourself and your product. And I think that's so true. A lot of times we do want to give it to the people that we know. Mm-hmm. And maybe not consciously because we know that they'll give us the positive feedback, but it's just what we do. So the mm-hmm. fact that you took you went out on faith and was like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna trust that what I have I know is something good and that people will appreciate. I love that serum. I actually think I'm already hit, hitting towards the middle of the bottle. I love it before bed on the weekends when I'm not wearing a lot of makeup, especially um, in being in Florida, you know, it's just, it's awesome. The powders are awesome. I can't wait to get more of the body, to get some of the body butters. What made you go though that direction? Are you going to go into, I guess I could also ask what's next for Manaya, but first go into what made you choose those particular products? You know, was it again, because it was like, Hey, this is what I'm using. So why not, why mess up what I've already got going? Yeah. And then what's next, what you have in the product line? 100%. 100%. It was the body butters and the rose hip clear face serum was the two products that I was using myself and had been using for two years prior to me launching them as, as, as putting them on the market. Then literally the week that I launched the business, I started to develop a patch of skin on my chest. It was like mm. stripping of its pigmentation. Mm. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like, what is this? Like this could only happen to me. Like I'm starting launching a skincare business and I've just got this patch. I don't know what it is. I'm a big, a big researcher, big reader. So I started to look into what it was and it was vitamin D, lack of vitamin D. So then I started to research the protein powders and I seen that the Moringa, Spirinula was all coming up as recommended herbs for the patch that was on the skin, lack of pigmentation. So, and plus vitamin D tablets. So I started to take vitamin D supplements Mm -hmm. and I started to take the protein powder. And within three weeks, it was completely gone. So then that's when I realized, okay, these protein powders are also something that it's helping me, not just with the skin condition, but also just general energy. Immunity, health immunity help or I've always said that I will never sell a product that I haven't used myself on a continuous basis Mm -hmm. I really you know I've I've started this from a very organic place where everything's plant-based everything's pure I want to keep that ethos within Mm -hmm. my business so yeah I think moving forward I would like to just continue with the adding the herbal herbs aspects I'm adding a few more herbs to the product line now yeah just to keep it truly 100% natural yeah yeah. giving people the space to and the products to heal themselves that's kind of how I look at it I love that what about any hair products any other face items we've just added um, a body scrub so it's a, cit- a citrus body scrub and um, it's got Mexican, Mexican lime, Sicilian lemon, loads of natural citrus zesty bursts. Yeah, hair products. We've got a hair oil. I've been working on a curl activator. Mm-hmm. So I've got very curly hair. My daughter's hair is much more Afro than mine. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm working on this product. But again, like I just said, we try everything 
for yeah. at least six months before I'll put it on the market. So we're at the stage of sending it to the lab now and getting it approved. And then, yeah. Good for you. <laughs> and tell me, what, what advice would you give or tips from being a mom to another mom who's like, look, you know, I have this idea. What advice or tips? What do you wish maybe someone would have told you when you kind of started? To remove your friends and family out of the picture. <laughs> <laughs> Simply because a lot of people, when you're starting something, you can be very self-conscious about what your friends and family are going to think or say or how they're going to judge you, especially when you're doing it through social media. Um, there's that aspect but also it's understanding that your customer is not necessarily your friends or family not always yourself either a lot of the some of the newer products that we've added are not ones that I would have particularly added myself it's been because customers have asked for it so I'd say definitely once you've got your idea find your target customer and you know really hone in on whether that is whether there's a need for it first and mm. just to kind of take out the judgment take out the the consciousness of what people are going to say or how people are going to perceive you it's hard but yeah it's the best way just to stay focused on where you go in that's such a good thought process because I think it is true and like you said and I think you, you hit it where you're like they're not you're always going to be your customers they're going to support you but are they going to be the ones who that you're counting on to help you with your business yeah. Not necessarily, no. you know. Mm-hmm. So you have to have the the objective, not necessarily the subjective of having your your thoughts and opinions, but really having people that are going to say, "Oh, we really like this." And I think that's awesome that you already have the fan base where people are coming to you like, "We want this and this," mm-hmm. so you know it's worth. Yeah. So tell me, in the August, September, November, December, gosh, not even what five months, six months. How has no, it been? Obviously, you have crazy. other things. I see your 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 following is is growing on Instagram. How has your trajectory been since August? It's been crazy. <laughs> A whirlwind. <laughs> I think, yeah, nothing couldn't have prepared me for this. The support's been really, really amazing. I've started this, like I've said, very organic, wanted to grow it and build a community of people that I have meaningful connections with. And I kind of want to keep it that way. There's been times where I felt completely burnt out, where I've actually thought whether it's beneficial to get somebody else in to run the social media aspect, but then have then clicked back to it's actually my my flavour that that people also like about Manaya Cosmetics. Oh yeah, so. and, I, and I would say, if I can say, because it's true, when I thought about it, like I think even my husband had asked, he was like, who's this person that you're ordering <laughs> things from, you know? And in my mind, I'm like, I don't, I don't even know this person. And I'm like, but that goes to show the power. And I really do feel it's a vibe and an energy and kudos to you. So yeah, girl, if it works, I wouldn't change it. What I would say to you, I guess for someone, maybe just an outsider, if, if you do need help and, and, and things where you're feeling burnt out, maybe other ways and other things mm-hmm. like a little assistant or something that can help you in your other daily life, because it's true. I think yeah. your social media, 
like I said, the energy, the vibe, I trusted you. And, and now I'm so happy we are sitting kind of face to face because I think who I imagined you to be is kind of living up to what I saw on social media, just your presence and stuff. So I think that is amazing and a true testament because like I said, I, I didn't know you from anything and I felt compelled and trusting in ordering your products. I think that that's, it's interesting you said that because that is, what made me want to start Manaya Cosmetics because we buy into so many of these big brand companies and we don't know we just we see a brand That's we see so a big true. following yes, and we don't yes. know who's behind it mm-hmm. and more importantly we actually don't know what's in the products now through going through this journey myself what I've actually realized is I can dilute my products to complete 99% and still put it there as natural I can have chemicals, I can add fillers. There's no regulation around that. And I just found that so like, wow, mind blowing. Like you can literally put 1% of a natural ingredient in and fill it out. Yeah. And still put it as natural. So I'm grateful that, you know, people like yourself have trusted me with their, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm so happy that it is actually real products, real hundred percent natural ingredients. And it's one person at a time. If I can just, you know, change one person's skincare routine to the point that they're using less chemicals and they're using more quality products, then I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. So tell me how, because I see when you post and I, one of my favorite things that you post is when you'll do things about like different fruits and vegetables. And if you know where this is, you know, I, and I think I know the answer because you are so particular with natural products. Does it kind of go into the healthy side of how you eat? Are you more mindful and conscientious of kind of what you're putting into your body yeah 100% last year was at the stage of just eating less meat Mm. I'd cut dairy out completely but I was eating less meat just sticking to chicken and fish for the whole of last year this year I've completely removed stopped eating meat altogether um definitely focusing on a more natural plant-based diet um again though I'm not I'm not one of them people who are like preaching it like you know oh you shouldn't eat me every you know everyone has to go through their own journey and it's for different reasons but for me personally it's yeah everything it's mind body spirit everything like what you put in is what comes out so it's just been a really key point for me to get me and Maya as well as the products we're putting into our bodies being pure also just wanting as natural as possible. Sure. And tell me, how has that been with your daughter with the journey? I loved how the other day you posted, you know, my company, me, our company, me and Maya's company. And I, I love that. How does mm-hmm. she feel about all of this? Does she like look at you and be like, you go mommy, like you're a yes. badass. Like how does that, cause that's gotta be, that's gotta be amazing to her, you know, seeing what yes. you're, what you're, what you're accomplishing. She is, she's my number one cheerleader. Um, but also very much by the side of me doing everything with me. It's especially now I'm homeschooling as well. So she's I, been, and we'll get into that, but go ahead. Yeah. So because I've got a lot more time with her now at home, a lot of her schooling is around her. I get her to see the, the actual intricate parts of the business, you know, in terms of profits, numbers, mm-hmm. um, labeling, manufacturing, ordering she's very I include her in all parts of it definitely 
Awesome. So tell me about the homeschooling. Well, first off, let's pivot a little bit because I know you're 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 in Manchester now, correct? Yes. That's where you're personally living. Yeah. With COVID and everything, what's been going on? First of all, I, again, kudos to you for starting your business in the middle of a pandemic <laughs> that you continued with that. So yes, that's awesome that it didn't kind of hold you back. And I'm sure you had your whatever own reservations with it. But how has it been over there? And how is it? How is it now? It's been difficult for everyone. I can, uh, but last year, this time last year, well, March last year was when this whole pandemic all first came into the world spotlight. And she had been out of school for like a week before. It's kind of crazy how timing just happens because it was literally like I, I took yeah. her out of school. Then all the kids were out of school. Then for the last year, they've been in and out of school, kind of with whatever the latest news is. Um, but it's kind of just reaffirmed to me that I did the right thing in kind of making, you know, having, and I'm very grateful that I've got that as an opportunity because I do understand not everyone does. But yeah, it's been crazy. I think that just how I am as a person, not plugged into that. Yeah. So it's not affected me the way that it, will you know I don't have to go out there and go to work I don't have to rely on the school so yeah. the it's affected my life has probably been a different experience to others sure. but for me I'm just like wow you know this is it's just crazy what's going on in it yeah. and I think aside from you know the whole what you believe to be true or whatnot the the facts of the matter is that you know there's a serious global pandemic going on and there's nothing being said about building your immune system. Yes, yes, yes. I'm so happy you said that. My husband and I went out yesterday, he, Friday night, and that's the first thing he said. He was like, and, and continue with that. But I just, because he came and he was like, I'm yes. so disappointed that not one person has come up and said that if you are healthy and take care of yourself, you could probably survive. Because he said, think about it. All the basketball players that are in good, healthy condition. Have you heard of any basketball players dying or any people who are have the means to take care of themselves, pass away. No, no. same Which here as well. To your but point, right? as well, nothing. Yeah, it's crazy. Your immune system is, you know, let's take away people who may have autoimmune or disorders. Your immune system Correct. is literally from your, your, your diet, what you eat, what you put into your body. So it's just crazy to hear everyone's washing their hands, <laughs> hand sanitizer and toilet roll and pasta but <laughs> no no building of immune system I know or to say like to go exercise and go out and, and correct just building healthy habits yeah it is it's so true and actually it's interesting again you're in a whole different continent you're in a whole different country and look at the still conversations that we're still still having of people mm-hmm. being like hello no one's telling us we know we know yes. better and which mm-hmm. is probably why my husband and I aren't necessarily too, too fearful. I mean, obviously I have my parents and my mother-in-law who we have interactions with because they help watch, you know, our son. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. So I, God forbid, if anything happened to them, they are not the healthiest. So mm-hmm. that's for sure. But we're like, we probably, you know, knock on wood, would survive because we're mindful of what we're eating. We know better. Mm-hmm. But it's the people that don't know better. The ones that unfortunately live in low income neighborhoods that do not have access to the things that we might have access to or to know how to get certain things. That's the part that saddens me. Yeah. 
It's crazy. It is very crazy. Now, I do want to ask, because you are in the UK, with all the social injustices that have been going on in the United States, because I know it's everywhere, I've seen it. Can you relate? How has that been in the UK side? Is it there, but maybe not on the grand scale as we've seen it in the United States? Like, how how is that? I always found that interesting of, because I, I know it can't just be here, right? Racism, classism, all of that is everywhere. But, I, you know, obviously the United States is on this grand scale of, of things that have happened. Mm-hmm. How is it like watching it on that side? Can you guys relate? What, what, what are your thoughts on everything? A hundred percent. I think the bottom line of it is that over here, it's a lot more institutional and systemic racism rather than the over that you see in America, as well as the systemic and inst- institutional over there. But here there's a lot of, you know, even my, what I did at study at uni criminology, there are whole, modules, lecturers, books written on youth crime, institutional racism, brutal police brutality. There's a lot and it goes back historical. But I think it's it sounds really bad to say this now. You're actually asking me, but I feel like I've become desensitized by it almost to the point that I was always told from being very young by my dad, you have to work twice as hard. One because you're a black woman secondly because you're a woman like you know you have to work twice as hard for me my experience was very much more in school teachers would single me out through oh you're talking but everyone would be talking you know that type of thing but when you look around and you look you know I've got a lot of friends who have been targeted by the police throughout most of their adolescent years or decisions that they've made that if another counterpart, white, if their white counterpart made that same choice, they wouldn't have been given such harsh reprimands that they have been, which have then in turn changed their lives. I think very much in the corporate and corporate world, there's only so far up to the glass ceiling that you will be able to achieve certain positions and certain roles, Mm -hmm. like the marketing industry that I was in before, there was many positions where I felt like I should have been promoted. I should have been given certain access to certain roles that I just weren't simply because I'm a black woman and that's how I'm, you know, perceived. But like I said, it's very systemic and it's institutional. It's intrinsic into the decision makers to the point that you don't, you can't outwardly say that, oh, that's racist or you're doing that because... Because it's, it's just there. Black. It's it's what's yeah. been there. That actually yeah. does make me sad because you would think, because it's like, then what do we have to go? Because, you know, I can sit here and say, okay, in the United States, you know, we have so much fire of this, but to hear all around the world, it's like, so what do we have to do all around the world? You know, is it just continuing having conversations, I guess, and controlling what you can control? I, I can say I know in the United States, because we have seen what we have seen the last... I don't even know. I can't even whatever the different names and all of that that we've seen that have been killed yeah. unjustly in, in, in live mm-hmm. TV. I've seen a lot more unity, especially from white America and white women saying, no, this is like, what? Like, this really mm-hmm. is going on because you only know what you know. Again, we yeah. know, my husband and I know I'm not black, you know, but I've mm-hmm. had my own experiences of being treated less than or, you know, because my last name is Gonzalez and Mm-hmm. them treating me you know different I'm a Latin woman you know so I've definitely I've had that 
but I have some hope, but it still kind of saddens me because to hear your story is like, gosh, so it still just is the same thing of the systemic racism. And because of the color of your skin, it's like, oh, I'm sorry, this is what it's gotta be. But I think the positive side is taking a woman like you and saying, okay, well then you know what? I'm gonna take my own seat at the table, make my own business and do my own thing. Definitely. And I think that was a big part of why I chose to do what I did because I did feel like I was begging for a seat at the table and constantly trying to fit in. And then I just realized you can create your own table and you can create seats for other women and other people where their ethnicity has got nothing to do, whether you're in the room, it's your work ethic, it's your spirit, it's your, you know, your intentions, how you treat people. I think that what happened, you know, it's it's been going on this that many years. I can remember my dad telling me things. See, my dad used to do race awareness. Mm. He used to teach race awareness within the police force, within schools, within universities. So I've very much been brought up on, a, you know, I'm very aware of my black history, very aware of. Awesome. Yeah. So I do think that there are a lot more conversations that are being had now. There's a there's a lot more things that are great things that are happening through change. But I do think that history repeats itself. And unfortunately, the systems we see that are running some of the most successful parts of the world are built off the back of this. So it's took, you know, as many years as it's took to build that, it will take as many to dismantle it. I agree. <laughs> and that's the unfortunate part. And hopefully when my son is older older, older, you know, mm-hmm. and as your daughter grows, you know, but I, I, I do agree in saying that history does repeat itself. And I, I think in America, we're kind of seeing some of that what's going on now, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, I just say, God bless, <laughs> you know, again, yeah. just protecting me, my family, and just doing what I can within my bubble. And I think having conversations, you know, I think some people are just ignorant. So I, I remember before when I would hear ignorant statements, I would automatically get pissed. Mm-hmm. And it took my husband to be like, well, sometimes people just don't know. And I'm like, that's true. Sometimes they don't mean it from a malicious intent. They just don't know. It's been yeah. years and years within their family of just saying, mm-hmm. again, the microaggressions of racism, right? Like not mm-hmm. calling maybe on you because you are black or telling me to calm down. I'm like, but I'm, I'm, I'm calm. I haven't, I haven't gotten anything mm-hmm. but because I'm a Latin woman. It's like, no, you're being whatever right now. Yeah. Second guessing if I should talk back because I think they'll think that mm-hmm. I'm talking like all these crazy things in our mind. I have that still to this day. I, I can be in the supermarket and, you know, be really rudely spoken to or, and I, I'm very conscious of what I say and not feeding into that image of, oh, she's an angry black woman. <laughs> and it's it, it's in the psyche. It really truly yeah. is. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh God, because I know when I say something and then I want to sit there and be like, actually, if they only knew how crazy I could get. Yeah, <laughs> I'm to be calm right now. You know what yeah. I'm saying, right? But yeah. it's like in our psychic of like, ah, oh, and it's horrible. It truly, truly is. Mm-hmm. But like my husband says, and and that's what makes me kind of woosa a little bit in those woosa. moments. Like people just don't know. It, the ignorance mm-hmm. is real. He's like, and then in my mind, I'm like, okay, then you know what? Instead of stooping down to their level, because I can do that and then some, mm-hmm. I'm gonna try and use this as a teachable moment. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, this way it's, it's okay. And just have a lot of teachable moments, (laughs) (laughs) you know, with people, but let's go into a little bit before we kind of get to the get to know section that, that I love to have. Tell me about the homeschooling. Cause I saw you posted some things. Are are we going to see more of that on your page? Are you getting inspiration to post that? Because now you've found a way that you can kind of 
bridge the two together, right? Because I know you were a teacher and you love helping. So tell me about that. What inspired those posts? Mostly because I know a lot, the schools have just gone into, they've, they've shut all the schools down over here. Mm-hmm. And they literally had the child, the kids in for one day. And then they, the government announced that they're shutting the schools down till at least March. Oh, you mean like this March, like in yeah, a couple months? Yeah. Oh, wow. So everybody's now at home, unless you're a key worker, which is an essential worker. And yeah, I just knew that there's going to be a lot of parents at home trying to homeschool with the whatever material schools are given. And again, if you see my post, a lot of schools do not have, they don't care about how your child learns, whether they're an auditory learner, visual So a lot of the time you can be doing work with your child and they're not taking it in simply because of how you're presenting it to them. It's not retaining because it's Mm -hmm. not how they learn. Yeah. So I think it's just, I do have a lot of mums who follow me. So I just wanted to kind of put out that information there for people to be able to just be better equipped because I know that it's, it's stressful if you're forced to homeschool. It's stressful homeschooling full stop. But if you're forced into it at home with kids who've been in for most of last year as well, yeah. and yeah, it can be a lot. So with Kaya, are you home? And maybe I missed that connection. Did you completely pull her out and you're physically homeschooling because that was your choice or yeah. you're homeschooling as part of the school curriculum? No, I've, I've pulled her out. I pulled oh. her out before that. So she's Okay, been- so that's what you were saying. Mm-hmm. You pulled her out before the COVID hit and yes. oh, you had already made that conscious decision. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. that's what I missed. Oh, wow. So that's even more. So you're home. You decided to homeschool her, which is awesome. And I, I tip my hat to any parents who have that because I do feel traditional schooling Mm-hmm. It, it, it has its pros and its cons, you know, my husband and I aren't in that, in that, not realm, but in that opportunity to really do so. Mm-hmm. And we're very thankful at his young preschool now that they're very, they're, it's good that we're happy right now. Of mm-hmm. course, when he goes into elementary, whatever, that's a different story. But I do feel it's up to us because we cannot just rely on the traditional schooling to teach him, whether it's correct Black history and the history of where his you know, family comes from and just things traveling, different cultures, all of that. But tips off to you, because not only did you homeschool, but you still started your business amongst all of this. So tell yeah. me, how, how does that look? And how does that work of homeschooling in the UK? Because I know here they have homeschooling groups and you have homeschooling parents that can... I guess, link up with other homeschooling parents and they'll do projects and stuff. How does that kind of work there? So there is a lot of that here, but the more I've looked into it for, for Maya to get involved in that, it tends to be younger, you know, the younger, younger, she's kind of at that awkward age where she's not young enough to do a lot of them group activities, but also she's still, she's not old enough yeah. to be classed as like, you know, a high teenager. So at the minute, it's just kind of getting her linked up with other um, other peers. Ironically, two of her friends from school have also, their parents have chose to homeschool them as well and brought, mm-hmm. brought them out. So she still has that interaction. And I'm just mm-hmm. kind of waiting for things to open back up so that I can get her into martial arts, like so extracurricular fun. stuff yeah. yeah so in she wants to do fashion design that's what she's really passionate about so what i'll get her into sewing oh so does that mean some manaya cosmetics merchandise merch <laughs> hopefully I yes i love it i love how you have a little entrepreneur you know 
gosh, you know, I know one day when she gets older, she'll really truly appreciate all of the, you know, the wisdom that she's gaining from you during this time. So that's awesome that you, that you got that going with her. Okay. Let's get into a quick get to know. I have my questions here. So do you have a favorite book or one that you'd like to recommend to the podcast world? Yes, there's two. So the first one is Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Have you heard of this one? Yep. I've read it. Okay. Brilliant. That was one of the first books that really shaped the transition of my mindset to kind of be like, okay, you know, my parents kind of just taught me if if you want to succeed, you need to have education, you need to go to uni, you need to do that. And whilst all that is very valid and very true, it's not the only way. And I think for people who maybe don't see themselves academically excelling or struggle with that, it's important to see there is, it's, it's your mindset. Your mindset can take you to places that your qualifications can't, that your outwards circle can't. But if you, you know, this like they say, you, you don't know what you don't know. So until you have all the information to make a proper decision. So yeah, I'd say that's a brilliant book for mindset. And also another one, I've got a couple, but another one that I will give is Maya Angelou, Maya Angelou, where, Why the Cage Bird Sings. Oh gosh, I just had that on my reading list. I've never read that book and I was surprised at why I never have. So tell me, tell me why, what, what's your, why should I read the book other than it being supposedly one of the best books out there? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, it's a storybook also slash autobiography kind of the way it's written because it's about her life. And there's something really humbling about hearing someone else's trauma and seeing what they've done with it and what they've achieved to kind of internalize that and be like, I, because we've all been through something, we've all had something that happens in your life that shapes you. And I think it's just learning how to really collect that and then rise from it. And I think there's beauty in that for everyone. It's something we can all relate to. So I definitely recommend that one. All right, then I'll add it to my list ASAP. Like I said, I was like, I don't know how come I've never read this. And then, you know, you forget about it. And then, mm-hmm. so I'll, I'll put that on my list for 2021. Got to. What do you do for self-care and your mental health? I know some people hate the word self-care and I, I don't understand why, because I feel like I don't understand why. I just don't. But what do you do for your own mental health and for self-care to take care of yourself? Two things. One is I love my baths. I love a hot bubble bath with all my oils in it. And I will just sit without my phone anywhere near me. And I'll just collect my thoughts. I will really cleanse and use it as a purifying experience. And writing, something that I've not done for, I've kind of got out of the routine of doing it through just being busy and overwhelmed with life. But since starting the business, I realized that I needed an outlet Mm -hmm. to really de-stress and just pour out a lot of the energy that I was was keeping on to. So writing is definitely something that I do for self-care. I don't share it or read it to anyone, but I write it. <laughs> I get that's it awesome. out. <laughs> and so basically it's journaling. Mm-hmm. And I hear that's yeah. a very good outlet for, I don't journal either. I mean, I'll wa- write notes down of things that I'm thinking, mm-hmm. but a girlfriend of mine was telling me, she's like, you have to start journaling. She's like, it's just a game changer. What do you do for self-care? Oh, thank you. No one's ever really asked. I don't think I'm here. Gosh, what do I do for self-care? I will do like my little beauty self-care routines. I mean, I'm a few years away from 40. 
Wow. So, you know, I, yeah, I feel like I, you don't look nowhere oh. near 40. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. So I think I think really becoming a mom made me realize like I have to take care of myself, mm-hmm. my, just my skin and, and feeling all of that. And not for vanity, just the importance of it. You know, I mm-hmm. want to be around a long time for my son, you know? Yes. So I do that and that kind of makes me feel good. I would say I, I would love to take baths, but we have a shower. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, I can't. <laughs> Otherwise, I would. I'll stretch in the morning. That's a big one. Not, a, not every morning, but I do. And I just feel so good. I'm starting to get back into working out. I was a big fitness person before my son. Again, not for vanity, but just I loved expelling and, and getting all the energy out. Mm-hmm. And the, the actual picking up weights, you know, and, and all of that. I loved it. So I'm slowly getting back into that. I'm very proud because my son's three and I haven't worked out like this in a long time. So I would say like getting into that. But really just my little self-care routine, doing my face, using your products, any product that makes me feel good, I just enjoy. And the minute I put it on, I just, I, I feel good. So thank you for having a, a part of that. <laughs> What's the best or worst parenting advice you've received? Ooh, the best parenting advice was from my sister who actually told me she was the one who said you know you need to let her make her own mistakes and I think when you're a parent you just want to protect them you just want to ensure they don't go through anything you went through but you can actually can be counterproductive where you become suffocating and you don't allow them to make their own choices so I think that was probably a big game changer for me and probably for Maya because she's been allowed to dye dye her hair and get her ears pierced since (laughs) I took that advice on. That's Um, awesome. Yeah, the worst. Oh, I don't know. If you can remember. Yeah, because I was... I don't don't think I've actually had anything that I can think of. Or maybe even while you were pregnant or anything, you know, I think for me was when I was breastfeeding and it was like, gosh, you know, you're gonna, you know, or putting him to sleep while on the boob, you know, because we did, I, I put him to sleep. That's what calmed him down. And I was like, why would I stop this? Like, it makes me feel good to know that he's going to bed feeling comfortable breastfeeding. Yeah. And I remember people telling me like, no, don't, you shouldn't do that. So to me, that's like, no, why would you tell another mother what they shouldn't do for their own family? Yeah. What's best for them? I think that's probably one of the key things, like not to listen to anybody (laughs) when you're having your own child, unless it's, you know, I always say that if you would like to be in that position, you take advice. Mm. Don't take advice of someone you wouldn't want to be in their position. So true. I would say that. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, and even now I still get little tidbits, but I think the people that know better (laughs) don't really say, because I'm like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, and I mean, of course, you always have strangers or certain things. But I think now that I am older, I'm also learning of who to share my energy with. Mm -hmm. So before I I mean, I mean, you can see the way I talk, I'm an open book, and I'm very personable. And I used to do like this all the time. And I still am personable, but I used to just share because I felt like I, you know, this was my life, I have nothing to be ashamed about. Mm -hmm. But I had read a few things and heard other people talk about it and friends. And it's like, no, be aware of who you give your energy to. And not everyone deserves your truth of that. They don't deserve all of that. And that kind of registered. And I think that's why I'd also don't hear the advice that I do, because I would be sharing and then I'd get feedback. And I'm like, oh, well, that didn't make me feel very good because people then will just give whatever advice they want. Mm -hmm. So now I kind of hold back to and I'm like, all right, well, I'm I'm not going to talk about everything either. Unless yeah. I'm having, you know, like I said, of who and, and mm-hmm. who I feel is going to give me feedback, not just, po- you know, but 
tell me the truth and, and mm-hmm. good energy with it, you know? Yes. I think yeah, that's just been a, a key thing for me last year, 100%. I've learned, I've been, last year was about me learning who to and how to share energy with people because you sound like similar to me in that you're very, you're an empath. So you will, oh, yes. you know, you, you will, you will want to be there for someone and you want to help and, people will just drain you dry so you've got nothing left so you have to preserve your own energy and learn the skill of being there and supporting but not taking it on which is definitely something I've learned within the last year yeah I agree yeah I am I am empath and I I take on people's energy for sure and it is very draining if you don't protect it and I had to learn it's okay to protect it that doesn't make you a bad person you could still like you said be there and protecting your energy and space putting the boundaries up. 100%. What has motherhood taught you? That she is literally Maya. My, I used to see her as my daughter. I need to make sure she does ABC and she's learning ABC. Whereas now I see her as her own entity and Mm -hmm. I am literally just there to guide her. If that makes sense. Yes, that does make sense. You're there to help her along the ride, but she's, mm-hmm. she is Maya. Yeah. She's Maya. And I think that we all think when you, when your child gets, starts to make decisions, it's a reflection on your parenting, but it's not, it's, you know, they're just, just like, they're just mini adults, same way we make mistakes and we do things that we think, oh, we shouldn't have, I wouldn't have dealt with that this time last year. I would have dealt with it. That I wouldn't have done this now. It's the same with them. They're just learning and growing and, they're actually a lot more in tune to nature and purpose and truth than we give them credit for because they've not been tainted by the harsh realities of this world yet. Yeah. <laughs> 150%. That's a big theme that comes on my show anytime, especially I speak with like therapists. It's like, they're so innocent. They really, truly are. And if we stop, we can learn much more from them than they can learn from us. Yeah. Any advice or wisdom you hope your daughter will always follow? Yes. I actually had this conversation. I have it with her regularly, but I had it with her about two days ago. And it's the, I do an analogy of I have two cups and one will be filled with water and one won't. And I will pour one cup into the other and explain to her that when she's pouring her love into people, she needs to keep some for herself because overpouring will leave herself her cup empty. So it's just the analogy of you can't pour from an empty cup, but really honing in on it. Like I really want her to grow through life and love herself first, like without no second doubt about it, no, just love herself first more than anything. And that's what I wanted to keep with her. I 150%. And I love how you're saying from her to not give a flowing from her cup and allowing herself basically to put herself first mm-hmm. and knowing that. And she, and I, I love, love that, especially I think as a, as a woman, as a young woman, I think mm-hmm. that's even more so because as women, we just tend to want to do everything for everybody. Yeah. And it's so easy, especially as young to want to be people pleasers and do this. And it's because it's the mm-hmm. right way to be. And I think you teaching her from that now is awesome for her to kind of carry with her, especially yeah. as she becomes a wife or a mother one day or whatever mm-hmm. that journey leads her to be. Yeah. Do you have any other final thoughts to the podcast world? 
I think that, you know, the organicness, the sticking true to my roots of why I set this business up, it would just be to live your truth, speak your truth. It's nerve wracking to put yourself out there. We're, we're all as humans socially, we want to be accepted, we want to be liked, but the sooner you get to the comfortability of just being who you are, being happy with who you are and not caring what anyone else has to say, the sooner you can just step into your greatness and live how you're supposed to live. And I wish that everybody knew that and this was openly taught to children from a young age. So it's just something you can build on. I 150% um, agree to kind of just take it and, you know, be who you are, be organic. I think, you know, I always say this quote and people laugh, it's like, there's a movie, I don't know if you know, it's a baseball movie from the 80s. It's an American thing, but basically it says something like, if you build it, they will come. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to a woman, she's like, well, that doesn't always the case. And I'm like, no, but it's the thought process, meaning like, if you do it, it'll come. It might not come, I mean, immediately and, and tenfold and fast, but it will eventually somehow, yeah. some way. And I think it still goes on with if you're organic and true to yourself, mm -hmm. it will come. You're you're you'll know and start building of 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 who and what mm -hmm. is true and right for you. Yeah. You will attract everything that you need. It might not be what you want, but it will definitely be what you need. 150%. So thank you for sharing that. And thank you so much, Kaya, for coming on, for sharing your truth, for sharing your journey, for talking about Manaya Cosmetics. I cannot wait to see what the future holds. I will be reading up on my serum and getting the body butters. We still, we love the hemp powder. We love the energy powders. So thank you for coming on and sharing your journey. Thank you for letting me on this space and bringing me out of my comfort zone as well, because this is the first time I've done anything like this and it's been great. <laughs> well, you've been awesome. Thank you so much. You have a great weekend. And as soon as it posts, you can give me a link of any information that you want me to put on the podcast description. And of course, once I put it on Instagram, we'll talk and, and go from there to share everything. Okay. Lovely. Thank you for listening to the Mamas Know Best. We got something to say podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and give a review on the platform you're listening on. Tune in next time to hear another fierce mama share her story. Continued blessings to you all for love and light.